electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast. I accept this nomination for president of the United States of America. Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee for president, delivering a speech to set himself apart from Donald Trump. Pollster Frank Luns on what comes next. The Republican convention, it's going to be tough. It's going to go after Joe Biden for the one thing that he doesn't want to talk about which are the economic policies that either divide him from America or divide him from the left of his party. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the Trump administration's approach to China certainly differs from the Democrats. They have completely ignored the threat from the Chinese Communist Party, not only during their convention, uh, but for the eight years that they were in office. And Pompeo on the U.S.'s lone approach to restoring sanctions on Iran. This is a regime that remains the world's largest state sponsor terror. We're not going to let them in October of this year to begin to buy and sell weapons in a handful of days. That's just that's just nuts. Plus anchors Joe Kernan, Kelly Evans and Wilfred Frost on the riddle of the day. How is Tesla like a banana? It's getting ready to split. Uh, that is just terrible. I wish I had pre-read that. Did you write that, Joe? <laughs> I have access to the scripts. But I did not put banana in there. Well, Kelly was laughing a lot more than I was. Uh, I if couldn't you must believe know, I go, why I are we talking about a here. banana? It's Friday, August 21st, 2020. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box. Joe, what am I doing here? You, you actually are in Inglewood Cliffs. <laughs> you both made the effort, didn't you? You both made the effort me for and me the wolf. To, to do, yeah, to we, do this. We like it here. That's really, really nice. That's really nice. What did we buy you something, Kelly? Would you get a new car to do this? How, how did we induce if you I to? I did to, hair and huh? makeup at home. This is not an option. This is not an option. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Welcome to my world. I do. And, and I'll tell you what. I, is, I just, is, this is all I use these days, and it's uh, rub it in. Will. So easy. Rub it in. So quick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wow, it's it's amazing, really. I'm 30 years old. I'm six six. I look like Adonis, but uh, I can't believe I don't need that much makeup. Hey, Wilf, um, were you here four years ago? Yes. In the U- in the U.S. Don't you oh, remember you okay. that joyous so day, seen- January 1, 2016, when I arrived on these shores? Was it really okay. Jan one? Uh, now I or I just two or three, I, whatever. I wondered if it was exactly because you're you're in for another treat to see, I guess to see real democracy. Uh, in action. You know what I mean? To see how it's really done, you know, when you have a constitution that, that, that is the envy of the world. And, and, I didn't and know just, where you were going to go with that. Instead of, you know, 12 different parties. And I mean, over in England, I mean, like the Republicans could team up with Bernie. Yeah, let's forward well, you, a coalition. You mean where I mean, someone no could be elected where they didn't win the popular vote? Yeah, exactly. Because our forefathers realized that two east, uh, two coastal cities cannot elect a president. Well, if there are people yeah. in some other areas that might have a say, I'm sorry well, that they thought I mean, that. I, Excuse I, them for no, being no, so, no. But I mean, so it's, right. It's funny you, you mentioned that because similar, you know, similarly in the UK, you can <laughs> yeah. quite comfortably get the most seats in Parliament without a, a majority of the populist votes. So there's different ways in which we both fall short on those measures. But uh, right. 
But, but we, we, have, we do we have, have a nice, own, well-functioning uh, democracy. It's, but, but you're absolutely right. We, we have no written constitution, which, which I, it's hard right, to, right. to, to push back on that front. I, I just, we, also have a, a ro- go, yeah. we also have a royal family, the Kardashians. You know, we have our own royal family. Uh, we promise not to gang up on Wolf too much. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm enjoying this so far. Former Vice President Joe Biden accepted the Democratic presidential nomination last night with a pledge to serve all Americans as a uniter and a healer. Uh, Speaking alone on a stage in Wilmington, Delaware, Biden said the first thing he would do is work to get the pandemic under control. He also mentioned his platform on taxes. We don't need a tax code that rewards wealth more than it rewards work. I'm not looking to punish anyone. Far from it. But it's long past time the wealthiest people and the biggest corporations in this country paid their fair share. President Trump tweeted about the speech saying, in 47 years, Joe did none of the things which he speaks now. He now speaks. Uh, he will never change just words. Let's talk a little bit more about all of the politics. Now, the former vice president officially accepted his party's nomination for president and took direct aim at President Trump. With passion and purpose, let us begin, you and I together, one nation under God, uniting our love for America, uniting in our love for each other. For love is more powerful than hate. Hope is more powerful than fear. And light is more powerful than dark. This is our moment. This is our mission. May history be able to say that the end of this chapter of American darkness began here tonight. Well, did Joe Biden's speech get the job done? Joining us now is Frank Luntz. He's the pollster and political strategist. Uh, What sort of is the big takeaway from uh, Biden's remarks last night? Um, And what kind of response do you you expect from the president and from the GOP now? Well, I was a little bit surprised that it was relatively light on issues and substance and very strong on unity and what I've not seen in a long time, likability. I'll take you back to as far back as 1968, 50 years of elections, and virtually every time the candidate who is more likable is the candidate who wins. I had assumed before tonight, before last night, that they would have focused on what they're going to do with taxes, what they're going to do with uh, economic growth, uh, delivering jobs, specifics, details, facts. But that's not what the speech was about, and that's not what the convention was about. It was about whether a divided country prioritizes unity and about whether a country that is so negative and so pessimistic about current conditions, whether they prioritize not necessarily someone you'd have a beer with, but somebody you'd want to be with. Hmm. Now, Donald Trump's campaign has been all about it takes a tough guy to do a tough job. And if you look at the advertising, that's what the message is. Biden's taken a completely different approach. And I got to tell you, from my polling and my focus groups, there was something to be said for what Biden did. The show is about economics. The show is about business. Yeah. There really wasn't much of that yesterday. But if we are going to choose unity and if likability is a priority, then Joe Biden did get the job done. So what does the president do now in response? Does he double down on his message uh, or does he shift gears? Well, I, I would have expected that there would have been a battle over China. I would have expected that there would have been a battle over over the way the economy was and is right now, as opposed to uh, what it will be. I think that the president is going to have to show that he's better at uh, negotiating with China, that the decisions he made are tough and difficult, but made a difference for the country, and that this is simply an issue of COVID 
and, and a virus that will go away. And what country do you want when the virus does go away? It does put Donald Trump in some difficulty because the tougher that he is, the more likable Joe Biden will be in comparison. But we've got 70 days left and it is still too close to call. Most of the polls show a narrowing, but people are paying attention to politics. They did watch the, the last night of the convention. And you have to give Biden some credit for changing the debate, for changing the focus. And that's always tough for a challenger to do. So, Frank, the, what's the, the usual bump, uh, post-convention bump? Is it possible in a virtual setting to get that bump? Uh, what's going to happen next week? Will Do you think Republicans learned anything about how to do a virtual convention? And can they expect a bump next week? Or will the tone of the, the, con, the convention be uh, something that, that is exhausting? Or, uh, you know, you're talking about being nice. Uh, it probably isn't going to be that way uh, next week, uh, I would say. So uh, is there anything we can look at in the past that gives us an indication of, of the post-convention bumps for either party this time around? Yes, and, you, and you're right to say that every candidacy gets a bump in the, in the days that follow. And it, obviously it's the advantage of the Republicans to go last. The challenge is going to be it's not as emotional when you don't have an audience. It's not as powerful when you're speaking like I am right now directly to camera, as opposed to speaking to thousands of people in a convention hall, and it makes it feel like you're speaking to millions of Americans out there. And the Republican convention won't be nice, I don't believe. I think it's gonna be tough. I think it's going to go after Joe Biden for the one thing that he doesn't want to talk about, which are the economic policies that either divide him from America or divide him from the left of his party. The challenge for Biden right now and why he did such a good job last night is that he avoided talking about the specifics, which will make the viewers uh, of your show very concerned about where the markets are going to go, about where investment is going to go, about where their own money is going to go. He didn't have to do that. The one thing I would not do and, and the go. challenge for Donald Trump is don't go too far. Over caffeinated rhetoric at, at this time works for the extremes. Joe Biden toned it down. And maybe the Bernie Sanders bros did not like it because he wasn't progressive enough. Donald Trump, if he speaks to his base, is going to lose the center. If he speaks to the people who are, who are really strong towards him, he loses that essential six or seven percent right in the middle that doesn't like Donald Trump personally, doesn't like Joe Biden's policies. So they have to choose between Trump, who they agree with in terms of issues, but disagrees with his personality, or Joe Biden, who they like but they don't agree with what he wants to do. So, and that's a very tough choice. So, Frank, that was going to be exactly my question in, in terms of you saying these uh, speeches didn't have a huge amount of, of policy in them, and particularly economic policy and the word, key word, I think, for this election, taxes. How hard will it be for Joe Biden to get high turnout amongst both the progressive wing of his party, the, the, the Bernie Sanders fans, and the centrists? Is that an impossible task, to get high turnout amongst both? It's not. And, and that's why I think this convention, whether you agree or disagree with this platform or whether you like or dislike him, the convention was successful in towing that middle ground and not alienating people on the on the far left and not alienating people in the center. Joe Biden emerges from the campaign with a unified Democratic Party and a message that could take him to victory in the fall. And he's clearly in the lead, not just in the popular vote, but in the states that really do matter. 
I think actually Donald Trump has a tougher challenge coming up next week. How do you disagree without being disagreeable? How do you tell the American people the truth about Joe Biden without coming across as being bitter or playing into the stereotype that the Democrats have tried to sell about him over the last four days? It's difficult. Frank, can I ask you also to kind of respond to the whole pandemic messaging uh, throughout all of this? Joe Biden also went after the president's handling to the response. Let's take a listen to what he said last night. We'll put politics aside. We'll take the muzzle off our experts so the public gets the information they need and deserve. Honest, unvarnished truth. They can handle it. So that was an interesting way to go about it. Um, how do you expect the COVID messaging overall to play into the election? Well, not only was that a good issue uh, of focusing on Trump's handling of COVID-19, the way that he framed it, you can handle it. It will harken back to Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men when he says you can't handle the truth. Attributes matter more today than issues. And there's no attribute more important than integrity and the truth. Joe Biden would like this to be an election over who's more candid with you, over who, frankly, over who tells the truth. And I'm not surprised that he used that kind of language. The challenge for Donald Trump is to say, we made decisions, tough decisions that the public did not like at the time, but kept Americans safe. The problem is the virus hasn't gone away and it will continue to strike people down between now and the election. I think the critical, the so-called October surprise that we need to look for is the ability to get a vaccine out that Americans start to get those shots and um, and the vaccine uh, works and the virus starts to go away. I think that's going to be critical for the president over the next 70 days. Frank, what do you make of the narrowing in some polls that we've seen over the last month or so or in, in the predicted market, betting markets? Uh, do, do, you, do you believe that narrowing and what do you put the narrowing down to? I think that Joe Biden has a pretty solid eight or nine point lead rather than the 12 or 15 points that some polls had shown 30 days ago. But I do believe that Joe Biden is ahead. And I do believe the challenges for Donald Trump are significant. The Democrats are trying to make this a referendum on Donald Trump, not his policies, not the issues, but on Donald Trump himself. He needs to make it a referendum on Joe Biden's policies because his persona is very positive. And I think that that's going to be the biggest, to answer the earlier question, the biggest bounce is not going to be in a Biden lead. It's going to be in Biden likability. And that's always uh, predates moving up in the polls. I, my expectation is that the bounce will be three or four points, which is much less than what it usually is after a convention. Nevertheless, Joe Biden has a clear and defined lead as we go into the Republican convention. Frank, it is always great to have you. Thank you very, very much. Next on Squawk Pod, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo weighs in on TikTok. It's popular, but is the Chinese social media company safe? The American mission was to make sure that America's private information doesn't shared with the Chinese Communist Party's intelligence services. And I promise you, when we get to the end of this, that won't be happening. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM. 
a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod, today with Joe Kernan, Kelly Evans, and Wilford Frost, and an interview with the Secretary of State. Here's Joe. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is in New York City today to formally inform the United Nations Security Council of the restart of some sanctions, snapback sanctions against Iran. These are related to the 2015 nuclear deal with that country. America says Iran is in violation of the deal. As you know, the U.S. itself abandoned it about uh, two years ago. Secretary Pompeo joins us now. He's, he's, a, he's a trooper. We persevered, Mr. Secretary. It's good that we finally have you. I think it's Zoom at this point. We want to talk about it. It's good to see you. Thank you for, for, uh, for hanging in there uh, with, with some technical difficulties. Anyway, uh, we'll get to the Iran sanctions in a moment. Uh, but first, I want to ask you about the latest with China, the U.S.-China trade deal, phase one, the prospects for phase two. And then I want to I want to ask some additional um, get some additional color on whether we ever have good relations again with such an important trading partner, given the rhetoric on both sides. But where is phase one? Thanks for having me on. I'm glad we were able to make it work. Uh, it's good to be with you all this morning. As for the phase one trade deal, uh, the Chinese have done some of the work they need to do on the purchasing. They've committed to continuing to fulfill that obligation. But you have to remember, there's a lot of obligations that go far beyond just purchasing American products. There's a whole other set of chapters associated with that. We hope that the Chinese government will comply with them. They promised this that they will. We're following it closely. We just have to wait and see what happens. As, as for the follow-on, uh, you know, there, there's, not, there's not a lot of prospect at this point, but I hope the Chinese Communist Party won't conclude that you can't keep stealing American property, can't keep destroying American jobs. This is what the president's been focused on in this trade deal. We're always ready to sit down with them and try and work our way through a deal that is good for the American people. Do you have a, a prediction on what finally happens with TikTok and, and what exactly that means uh, if it is sold in the next few weeks? I do have a prediction. I, I predict that uh, TikTok will no longer share its private information uh, that belongs to the American people with the Chinese Communist Party. I'm confident that they won't be doing that when this is over. I, I don't know how it ends. I don't know what the conclusion is, but the American mission, the mission of our national security team is to make sure that America's private information doesn't shared with the Chinese Communist Party and its intelligence services. And I promise you, when we get to the end of this, that won't be happening. It, it, when Just getting down to real brass tacks, then, then we'll get to, to Iran. And, and I know my co-anchors want, want to ask some questions too, uh, Mr. Secretary. But will we ever have a, a relationship with China that, that both countries would like to have with the current regime? You, you've, you've had such such, such tough talk, given some tough speeches, and there, there's no reason to think that the CCP is going to really uh, change its stripes, I, I, I don't think. Are we in a permanent sort of a Cold War with China at this point that, that's going to last for years and years? Well, the problem isn't uh, my speeches or the president's efforts. The problem lies with the Chinese Communist Party. You, you know this. This has been decades of Americans turning the other cheek. Uh, not doing what they needed to do to protect the American people. The previous administration just simply refused to tackle this problem from China. We've taken it head on. We continue to, to work to try and find a way forward. In the end, the Chinese Communist Party will get to make that decision. Uh, to date, there's shown no evidence of the central understanding that if you, if you want to be a world power, if you want to participate on the global stage, you can't engage in the kind of uh, predatory economic activities that the Chinese Communist Party has been engaged in for far too long. And we're not going to let it happen on our watch. How do you, uh, getting to, to Iran, what, what, why now for the, the restart of all the sanctions, the, the previous sanctions, why no support 
from Europe. I mean, I, I can cynically figure out why, I guess. Uh, and, and, but you say behind the scenes you got a lot of support in, in the Middle East from our, uh, uh, some of our friends there and maybe even, you know, not so great friends. But, but no, you know, no cooperation from Europe. Why not? Uh, you'll have to ask the Europeans that. I have not had a single world leader or one of my counterparts tell me that they think it makes any sense at all for the Iranians to be able to purchase and sell high-end weapon system, which is what will happen on October 18th of this year, absent the actions that we took at the United Nations yesterday. So President Trump's determined we're not going to let him have a nuclear weapon. We're not going to let him have hundreds of billions of dollars in wealth from selling weapon systems. Uh, every leader around the world knows it's a bad idea. Don't forget, just this year, this is the regime that shot down a commercial airliner. At first, they denied it. Then they said they did it. Then they wouldn't give up the black boxes. This is a this is a regime that remains the world's largest state sponsor of terror. We're not going to let them in October of this year, as Secretary Kerry did under his uh, foolish nuclear deal, allow them to begin to buy and sell weapons in a handful of days. That's just that's just nuts. Mr. Secretary, good good morning to you. Uh, good to, good morning. to see you. Uh, I wanted to go back to, to TikTok. I mean, clearly the focus uh, here has been on TikTok and Huawei uh, before that. And, and I was wondering why exactly the level of focus on them. Is it because of stock-specific, management-specific things at those companies that you don't trust? Or, or should we expect that if any Chinese company gets to that scale of penetration in the Western world, in the U.S., that, that they would also uh, start to go into to the, the phase where, where the U.S. would want to try and ban them. Is it any Chinese company that has that sort of reach? That's a great and important question. Uh, we, we haven't focused on any particular company. We've focused on technologies and the Chinese Communist Party. Our focus has not been to go after a Ch any Chinese company because of their commercial success. It's been to go after Chinese Communist Party entities or commercial entities being driven by the Chinese Communist Party that present national security risks to the United States of America. So your question says, will there be other companies that follow I, I hope not. I hope the Chinese Communist Party will disconnect and not operate the way they do, but to the extent, and I anticipate this will be the case, that they continue to demand that every state-owned enterprise, every Chinese company is beholden to their security apparatus, then we'll continue to go after them to make sure that the American people have the security levels that they have an expectation of with respect to not only technology firms, but every company operating here in the United States. And, and Mr. Secretary, there's a lot of talk about, uh, obviously, not just selling uh, the, the, the U.S. part of TikTok, but it tends to be reported as plus Canada, plus New Zealand, plus Australia, and that those four countries' uh, exposure of TikTok would be what is carved out and sold off. What, why those four countries? If it's Five Eyes, why isn't the U.K. part of it? If it's non-Chinese U.S. allies, why isn't Europe part of it? I appreciate that. Look, I don't want to talk about the commercial transaction. I want to talk about protecting Americans. So that, that's our effort. Our effort is to make sure that when you have networks, you have information that passes across international networks all across the world. We are attempting to identify where those risks are, where these untrusted vendors might operate, and making sure that we take that risk down. And that's the mission set. That's the mission set in our conversations with TikTok. It's our conversations with every Chinese company that is connected to the Chinese security apparatus. Uh, your, your listeners have to know, this is a serious effort. This is a serious risk. And President Trump is serious about making sure we protect our information, our, our networks, and the American people. Mr. Secretary, there's a, uh, uh, you're, you're busy. You probably didn't get to see a lot of the convention. I don't know if you saw uh, Vice President uh, Biden's uh, speech last night, but 
Uh, just as, as an American, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if Joe Biden were to win the presidency, what happens with, with the sanctions? Uh, they go back off? Do we try to resurrect that deal that the Europeans seem to want to cling to the, uh, with, that we had with Iran? What happens with, with China? Uh, what should we expect? Uh, although, I, as you know, I, have they mentioned China at all during the convention? I'm not sure where they stand on that. But the regimes do change. What what would the future look like, do you think, Mr. Secretary? I'll just take them at their word. Uh, they have completely ignored the threat from the Chinese Communist Party, not only during their convention, uh, but for the eight years that they were in office. So uh, if history is a predictor of how they'll behave, the Chinese Communist Party would welcome the departure of the national security team that's surrounding President Trump that is aimed squarely at protecting the American people. Uh, we can do what we can do on our time in service, our time on our watch. We'll keep after it. What would you foresee in terms of, of Iran? I mean, the yeah, that, that deal the right is not question. salvageable, it's is the, it? It's the right question. I, I can't imagine that it would. It's not salvageable, not because of anything that we did. It's not salvageable because the this is a regime that's engaged in terror for 40 years now. This is a regime that continues to build out its nuclear capabilities. This is a regime that improves its missile program even during the time that this nuclear deal was in place. This is a regime that threatens uh, the Europe. It's conducted dozens and dozens of efforts inside of Europe to kill people. Uh, I, I hope the Europeans, I hope the whole world will come to see that it's not enough to say, boy, you wish the arms embargo were extended, but to actually take actions that will deliver security outcomes for their people. I, I can't imagine any administration that would see it any different from President Trump with respect to securing the American people from the threat from the Islamic Republic of Iran. Let's go. Let's look at the, the, the flip side. Let's say the president wins re-election. What, what should China think about listing companies here or, or IPOs or, or Alibaba or any of the other uh, Huawei? Um, what do we do with, uh, you know, to ensure that we, we have chips and materials from Taiwan? I mean, do we do we become closer uh, to Taiwan? They wouldn't like that. This is really easy. If the Trump administration has four more years, the Chinese Communist Party should begin to behave like a normal nation with respect to their economic activity around the world. They should allow the United States to invest in China on the same terms that Chinese companies can invest in the United States. They should conduct trade relationships in a way that are fair and reciprocal. They should put tariffs on that are balanced and even uh, they shouldn't steal our stuff, jobs from places like my home in Kansas where manufacturers invent things, create things, patent things, and then the Chinese Communist Party just rips them off and then turns around and sells them back to us in a subsidized way. Uh, if we're if we're on watch for four more years, we will continue to urge the Chinese Communist Party to simply engage in economic activity on a player level, fair and level playing field. That'd be a good outcome. We think it's a great outcome for the Chinese people. We know it's the right outcome for the American people. Mr. Secretary, once again, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for working with us. Thanks for, uh, for your perseverance. <laughs> you it, was, it was worth the wait. All right. <laughs> well, we we no hope worries. to see you again so soon. And, and, and good luck. Okay. Have fun at the UN. Uh, you got that going for you. Coming up on Squawk Pod, the rest of today's stories that got us talking. We'll be right back. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. 
least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning. Welcome back to Squawkbox here on CNBC. I'm Wilfred Frost along with Joe Kernan and Kelly Evans. Uh, Becky and Andrew are off today. You know what management's saying right now? It's not Becky, Andrew, and Joe. It's not. That's not what causes this, uh, the, 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 what happens here. It could be anybody. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about the shares of Uber and Lyft, which jumped yesterday uh, after a California appeals court extended the length of time that Uber and Lyft have now uh, with that order to reclassify uh, drivers as employees. I don't know how this is going to work. They barely make money now. As a result, uh, both companies said they would continue operating in California uh, after threatening to suspend service. The reprieve will extend until the company's appeals are resolved as long as they agree to a new timeline and a procedure where it includes sworn statements by the CEOs that they have uh, plans to comply. If they don't agree, the stay expires uh, on Tuesday. And, and we've tried to, to to figure out exactly what it would take. I don't know what a market ride actually is worth, but it's hard. It, it, you need to could you cost know, twenty the, or thirty percent more. Si- yeah. If they, I mean, if they, yeah. we asked this yesterday. And if if you, they have to change their business model, I mean, they might. The, the analysts we talked to said they will be smaller companies. The rides are going to be a lot more expensive. This is not going to be transportation as a service and that whole vision. No, not at all. But, but what I think is really interesting, clearly this right. is only a, a temporary reprieve, but, but it is the, the lawmaker's side of the bargain that has caved. Uh, they didn't uh, go right up past the deadline because Lyft and, and, and so on and so forth decided to suspend service altogether. And that does start to, to shift public opinion totally uh, agree. A, a little bit. And it's kind of similar to what's happened in London with Uber. There's a different starting issue in, in London, it was more about did they do sufficient background safety checks than... Than, than whether workers uh, should, should have various health insurance or, or whatever it might be yeah. or be classified as full-time workers. But still, when you got right up to the, the point where it then was Uber threatening to pull out altogether, people were like, well, hold on, we still want this service. Yes. Uh, and the mayor had to back down. And, and, and they're still in this sort of rolling extension of terms. It's not fully sorted, but it's also not the, the worst-case scenario. No, but you're right, Liv. I mean, uh, well, the, Lyft. <laughs> you're right, Liv. Lyft, I mean, they, they called the bluff of, of, the, of the political class out there, and they won. I mean, it's hard to read this any other way. I wonder what it tells us about what's going to happen. And they have this big issue on the ballot in November. Hey, do you know what's Wolf, enjoyable there is, is Joe takes two seconds to laugh at jokes that, that Kelly and I share. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It, it usually takes me that long anyway. But, hey, Wolf, <laughs> do you drive? Do you drive here? You have a car? I do now. In the States? You do? What is it? You do now. Do you, did you buy it? A do Nissan you, Rogue. It's an Austin Healey. Kind of an MG. What, what, what is it? A, uh, oh, I know. An Aston Martin. No, no. Sadly, it's a Nissan. It's a good car. I, I beg to differ well, a little did bit. Did you drive? But, 
Uh-huh. Did you drive a stick over in, in, in the UK? Is the, I did. Is I the missed clutch, that. Is the clutch on the right? No, left. Of it's your left, feet? But, but or is it, we sit on the, the right. Same, but you I, should, I sit on the other side, yeah. No, I know. That is a skill. I, I, I know, but once, so you shouldn't do it. I might mess that up, I think. Uh, anyway, I don't think you ought to be driving on our roads. Stay over on that other side, Wolf. Stay over on the other I, I side. Do, I you do got understand. that down yet? Do you ever? Because uh, whenever passing. we drive anywhere around the world, Europe as well, we have to get used to, to what I can, It's hard okay. for me to say the you're wrong in, side. We're the only country. You're very international. You're, with, um, you're anyway. very international. It's not really fortuitous. It's serendipitous that we have Phil LeBeau because we were just talking about cars. And, and um, we're going to talk about Tesla. Tesla cracked $2,000 a share uh, for the first time. The red hot stock is up more than 20% in the past week alone, more than 375% so far this year. The market cap of Tesla, $374 billion, roughly equivalent to one and a half Netflixes, two Exxon Mobiles, and more than three Boeings. Uh, the surge in the stock making Tesla CEO Elon Musk. One of the world's richest. I think he's number four now. And all of this comes uh, as the stock is set to split next week. Phil LeBeau, uh, I, like I said, I can't believe you're on because um, Wolf just copped to owning a Nissan. I had to look it up. He's got a Rogue. Do you know anything about the Rogue, um, Phil? It's a, kind of a family thing, is it? It's a, it looks very utilitarian to me. Do you, do you know anything yeah, it's about nice it? Uh, utility a good vehicle. choice? <laughs> It's a, it, right. it's a fine choice. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. My dream vehicle one day is not, uh, sorry to be rude uh, to all those folks in Nissan, but it's not the Rogue. One day, hopefully something different. But for now, it's, it's been practical. <laughs> it might be least. a Tesla. It might no. be what Phil's talking about no. right here. No. Not a Tesla I'll, either. I'll take Aston that as a Martin. hint. Aston. I'll, we'll talk about Aston Martin another time. <laughs> Wolf and I have talked about that in the past. We'll oh, talk okay. about it another time. Let's talk about Tesla. Take a look at Tesla shares again. Uh, this has been a spectacular week if you're a Tesla shareholder. And I know there were some people who said, well, it's going to move a little bit higher ahead of uh, splitting five for one. Oh, it's up about, what, 25, 30 percent this week, cracked through $2,000 a share. Remember, the five for one stock split, that is for shareholders at the end of today. So if you're holding Tesla shares at the end of today and you really want to be a part of a five for one stock split, that will happen. It starts trading on a split adjusted level next Friday. A couple of things. Take a look at Tesla's market cap and where it's at right now. You're looking at a market cap of $379 billion. It is now worth more than Toyota and Volkswagen combined. You're talking about the number one and number two automakers in the world who sold more than 21 million vehicles last year. And Tesla is now worth more. Tesla, by the way, sold 360,000 vehicles last year. All right, so what are the catalysts now that Tesla has run up to 2,000? We've already got the news about the stock split. You've got Battery Day coming up on September 22nd. What do they talk about in terms of battery management software, a longer-range battery? Then you've got Q3 deliveries happening somewhere in the range of October 1st to October 3rd, end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter is when they do that. And then the Q3 results coming in late October, early November. The Gigafactory battery production, by the way, Panasonic, and this is a story that didn't get a whole lot of attention, Panasonic is adding to its Nevada Gigafactory production, they're adding a 14th battery production line. And by the way, these are going to be batteries that are going to be, the cells are going to be a 5% more efficient than the previous one. So they're working on gaining greater efficiency there. As you take a look at Tesla's deliveries last year and where they've been over the last couple of years, remember, Tesla's guidance is to deliver at least 
at least a half million vehicles. Many on Wall Street believe they will make it to a half million. There was for a while, guys, some discussion that, well, they might fall a little short. They may only come up with 475,000 sales this year. Increasingly, Wall Street is believing that they will hit that 500,000 mark. I have a different question for Phil. What vehicle fits three car seats, Phil? I need to know, and I need to know by about oh, January. Oh, there's lots of them. There's lots of them. Is but it, are they all you, minivans? You know, the, you know, I'm in the you know what the real challenge is? You've got to try it out. You have got to. Your test drive is not a test drive. Your test drive <laughs> is going and trying to make sure that you get all the car seats no, in I there. Bring, and I mean, really get them in there. you got to get that seats. knee up on top of it no. and wedge it down in there. No. That's the key. UK-based luxury brand Burberry uh, announced a new line of face masks. They haven't been released yet, but customers can sign up online to get updates on availability. Each mask uh, will cost uh, $120. Uh, and come with a small travel pouch. Uh, Burberry said 20% of the proceeds from the mask collection will be given to its charitable foundation, uh, COVID-19 Community Fund. I don't know. Uh, but pretty predictable. I mean, it's, it's the plaid on a mask. Right. I just, 100. Uh, it's, they I, I get it. More, if, if, this, if, they, if they become something we all have to wear for years and years, then, of course, fashion starts to, to go into it. I still see this as a practical thing that we have to wear. I, I, don't, I don't know if I could bring myself to pay more than, I don't know, $5 or whatever the, the packets of 10 cost. <laughs> more than $5. No, I don't think they are, those, <laughs> well, those simple now, ones. maybe now, but for a while, I mean, hat tip, there's a, there's a guy who makes them out in the Midwest somewhere who sent us a bunch of Made in America ones, pack of 50, and I've, I was like, man, I, this, the value of this, well, Joe, should I, am I allowed to keep if it? If I was spending $120, I'd want it to be, like, the very best air filtration system and all of that. I wouldn't be going for, for the plaid design. Right. Right. It'd be I mean, I don't know if we'd wear that. Uh, I don't know if I would wear that. Wolf, I don't know if you'd wear that. Uh, the Burberry one or, or, or a enough. really effective one. What do you think? The I, I'm genuinely cut Someone sent me a, an Under Armour mask yesterday, a sports mask. It's black and it's got a cool Under Armour. I might wear that. And, it, and I think it, the technology looks pretty sophisticated on it, too. It's got a bunch of layers and everything else. But uh, and I think, you know, if you if you are trying to run or, or do, do something, it, it, you, you can design a mask better for if you're breathing heavily and, you know, mm -hmm. need to be able to inhale and things like that. So I can understand that, but it, we're going to be wearing these a long time if I we agree. have to start thinking about what color mask I need and uh, how am I looking in my mask, although I think I do I've been wondering, look a little better. I, but. I've been wondering, should I be wearing a mask in flu season now in general? Like all of Feb, I've had these horrible Februaries where everyone in the family gets sick and you're up on, I'm wondering, should we all be wearing masks for a month? Maybe that's no longer a crazy I reckon thing. on things like the subway, we'll, we'll be wearing them perhaps forevermore, which is often common in other parts of the world anyway. I, I, I don't think you'll, you'll wear them on in the most... Uh, kind of unnecessary times, but the most necessary but, times like that, I think people but, will just wear them forevermore. That's why you've Burberry's got a car making now, Wolf. You're not on the subway. Yeah, yeah but... You've got a car... The you're Nissan not on, Rogue that he... You know, if, you can I, drive if I'm going from the Stock Exchange to Midtown, I'm still taking the subway. The, the traffic... Even now, by the way, for people that say that, that New York's yeah. empty, it's not. It's, it feels like it's, uh, it's pretty busy yeah. when you're sitting in that traffic. Well, everyone's above ground. Yeah. That's yeah, why. Leave, yeah, exactly. Leave the Prius at home, Well. That's Squawk Pod for today and for another week. Thanks for being here. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Thanks to Kelly and Wilf for sitting in today. I'm sure we're going to hear about this on Twitter. Tweet us at Squawk CNBC. 
And if you like what you hear, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and get it in your feed every day. Hey, tell a friend to subscribe too. We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.